0: And now, detailing success and PNS Double Black present the Rennie Doyle Podcast, a podcast for blue-collar entrepreneurs, hosted by the detailer of Air Force One and founder of both Detailing Success and the Detail Mafia, Rennie Doyle.
1: What's up, guys, gals? Chris. Hey there. What's happening? Look, I'm going to I'm going to try and fit us all on one screen. <laughs> okay, we can try that. We like that. We're, we're, it looks, we're, we're doing it, it like, so far. It looks like the Brady Bunch right now. It's pretty close. Hey, look at so found Carlo. Like, you know, some people at home, some people are at work. It looks like uh, Oscar's oh. a road warrior. You know, so you got puppies in the background. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my dog's trying to Carlos figure
0: out his camera.
1: Yeah, we well, can yeah, see
2: carlos was struggling to join us this morning but he'll he'll get there we'll give him a couple minutes before we talk to him
1: <laughs> well, cool well hey uh happy uh happy hump day middle of the week everybody have a good uh good labor day weekend that was good yeah good yeah,
2: yeah. I, I uh i worked my butt off i'm still a little sore um we uh are in the process of relocating my patio in the backyard. So um, I dug a 10 by 10 pad and laid pavers that were in the old location. So I had to dig them up and move them to the new location and relay all those pavers. And uh, so that part's done. Now I got to uh, figure out how to uh, move an actual 10 by 10 patio.
1: Well, that would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you, I, if- if you needed help, just let us know, and we'll conveniently make ourselves unavailable. Yeah, <laughs> I figured. <laughs> no, seriously. if you Need help? Let us know. If you need some muscle, so you know. Um, so we were in Tennessee. Diane, I went out and filmed with Motorhead Garage. Fun. A lot of different industry people have been out there. They're a good group. Dave and his team are pretty awesome. Hey, Carlos, put your, uh, mute, your, mute, your mute your mute your 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 volume your mic. So when, as here, you're figuring I, this out, I got yeah. him. I got him. Yeah, Cool. And so. Um, you know, we were in Tennessee. Diane has never been to Tennessee. So she came out and met me. I got there on Monday, um, had kind of a down day, did some work on Tuesday. Um, and then, uh, filmed on Wednesday and then Thursday Diane came in and we went and toured, uh, Jamestown and a couple other towns in Tennessee. It was pretty cool. It meant get this, we go look at this property. And, um, we ended up talking to these, these people and we ended up having dinner at their place at this horse ranch. We, uh, we went out and had dinner with them again the next night. We watched the sun go down. There's just cool people all over the all over the world, man. You just got to find them. Everybody bitches about how you know people are these days, but man, there, there's no shortage of good people either. Just concentrate on that. But they were. It was pretty. It was a pretty, pretty amazing trip. Pretty amazing trip. So we're back, and it's fun. So hey, uh, today we're going to talk about we put on a leadership challenge. We've been wanting to do this for about five. I've been wanting to do it forever but I've been mentioning it for about the last four or five years um, to Chris of really getting it together. And so I'm going to read off and we've got both um, Oscar and I were instructors. Diane came in and helped. And then we had a student instructor, Sam, that's on. She kind of came in as a a student, but uh, with her knowledge, and we'll have both of them share their backgrounds and why this was important. But, you know, Sam, um, Chris couldn't make it on. We had another one of our members that really came in and and stepped up. That's got a lot of experience um, towards, EMS, you know, rescue and so forth. And uh, we just had a great time. There's 15 of us uh, plus the instructors and, and right. That's right. About 17 of us total, 16 of us total somewhere right in there. Something like that. Yeah. And the whole theme to the weekend was, is that, you know, I I really been, and and a lot of people kind of, I've heard people say, Oh, come on. You know, Rennie's an idiot for saying this, but you know, you got to learn to be a really good leader. You got to learn to follow. And there's times as a leader, you're going to fall back. You're still going to be a leader, but you're going to have to follow your people. And Moscow will show that, you know, from the military standpoint, you know, that happens. I've got people, our medics. I don't go out and tell our medics on our team how to medic. You mean, know, I'm an old medic, but it's changed so much. And Sam, you know, can relate to that. That is that if I've got a fresh new medic and they're struggling with, you know, scene safety, something like that, I'll give them input. But really, when it comes down to the medicine side of it, I'm I'm going to back out. I'm just not up to speed, and uh, not going to get in their lane. You know, I'm going to stay out of it. So the whole theme was, how can this work for my life, and how can I work this into my to my business? And so I'm going to go through the the topics that we covered, and then I'm going to bring each person on, and they might have, not everybody's going to have something to say about every topic, but is 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 how they how it affected them both as a as a. a as an instructor and as a team member. And I'll have them introduce themselves here in a second. But on Friday, we had to, you know, we were up and going pretty early. Uh, first formation was at uh, zero 07. Really, everybody's up by about 6 o'clock. They're over here by 7-ish. Um, and then I talked about SAR, Search and Rescue. Uh, from the from the beginning of time, Search and Rescue, I mean, you know, tribes across the world for thousands of years, members of, of communities have gone missing. So it's a very old It's a very old, it goes back as as, as far as people go, looking for missing loved ones and the tribes that we came up to. Customs and courtesies. We're going to have Oscar go into this a little bit. This is really important. And then how we relate customs and courtesies back to into business. And I'm telling you folks right now, if you you hit this, if you hit courtesies, customs and courtesies, if you take and hit that 100%, 90%, that's going to change your business alone. Just that one little thing will change your business. Uh, what is SAR? How can it assist you, both in business and terms and clues? Uh, behavior. Uh, this is huge. The behavior of different type of people, what their exposure training, what their expertise is, and, and, and different search types. Um, this was really cool because we, we brought into this section a teamwork challenge, and we started out with a soft litter. This is just a, it's called a disposable little drop litter. This is something that we carry with us just in case we do come across somebody. It's not a static hard litter. Um, It's not the most convenient thing to carry people out on, but it beats the alternatives. So we started out with just backpacks and we loaded it with probably about 100 pounds, first about 20 pounds, and we just kept adding to it. And then we started out with four people lifting that and moving it around. Um, And then we went to five, six, and then all the way up to eight. And it was to show you how spreading the load out will really change your business uh and then we decided to go ahead and throw chris in there so chris got in the litter and uh we marched him around we gave different challenges we had to move him over obstacles around obstacles um he had his temperature checked in a new way that he never had his temperature checked before um you know and so uh it was it was this was for me it was really important because it showed that delegating jobs we talked about having scouts out front you know and and moving people when there's injured people, of having you're gonna you're gonna trust your scouts. You might be the team lead, but you've got your eyes. You know, you've got your eyes on so many things. Your scouts are gonna go down and find the safest way. You're not gonna argue with them. Is that they're gonna lead so you can lead? And we taught that um, line search. We went out. We taught line searches and evidence, how to find evidence, what is evidence, how to relate that back to business. You know, is. All of our ideal customers leave trace as evidence. They do. Thousands of pieces of it evidence. Uh, we got into man tracking. We went into navigation and taught them basics. We also found out what is our pace count. We found out that each person's got a little different pace. As they walk 100 meters, all of our strides aren't the same. It's the same in business. We just had a great post that, you know, don't, don't take in. If you're in Chapter 6 of your business, don't be comparing yourself to people that are in Chapter 20. That's kind of what, you know, the pace counts were about. Um, the navigation, this was map and compass. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and then we loaded up, we went into the field and Friday night, uh, we got into building our own shelters. Uh, we did the nav, that nav course which was really challenging. Some had never used a compass. Some went in and and bought really nice compasses. Other people had kind of crappy compasses and, and that really played out of you kind of get what you pay for. And you're, you know, if you don't have good equipment and you don't have good resources, you're going to struggle more. And so, we had a nice dinner uh, that night. Um, we went out and we did that same course at night. So we buddied up. We had, we had our battles and we buddied up. We did it at night, which created a whole different challenge. It was a lot of fun, though. Uh, and then we had a lot of fire pit time. And then uh, some people got really cold. We slept out. They built shelters. Some people had professional shelters, some not so professional. And we came in at all levels. And uh, we had a good time. We also had a, 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 a real live search go on during this exercise. So we'll go into that and the, uh, the importance of, uh, of keeping track of your equipment. Um, we moved back that next morning. We woke up early. Um, I, for the last 25, 30 years, always play Van Halen jump uh, at, at 05, uh, 06 in the morning. Uh, Oscar was already up and moving, he was shivering. Uh, he got pretty cold in his hammock that night. Uh, and then we had breakfast back at the command post, which was here in the shop. We had about half our people sleep here uh, that first night. And then uh, we did more litter carry, Mission had a mission brief. Uh, we moved to the field. Oscar and I were rabbits. We took off. We prepped and moved out, carrying out the mission. And the teams had to break into two teams and track and search for us. They're looking for clues and tracks and evidence and visuals and all these different things as – Oscar and I took off up the mountain and, uh, we got up there. Oscar, how old are you? 41. Yeah. 41. So this son of a bitch takes off like a, like a fricking gazelle. Right. And I know I'm competitive. He's competitive. So I'm, um, I haven't been hiking on a regular basis and he did beat me up there. He smashed me actually. Uh, but I went too far behind him, but it was pr- some pretty hard train, uh, that we got up into wasn't it, Oscar. It was no joke.
0: Yeah. It was definitely challenging at one point.
1: <laughs> yeah. We, we we got a buffet, so the team was gonna. i like to point, what, What's that?
0: Was gonna say, I'd like to point out that
2: even though he's uh, just forty-one, uh, Oscar is a grandpa. You know, so that counts yes. for something.
1: Yes, <laughs> is, is. And I am a new grandfather as of last this last week too. We have got a new grandson, so. Oh yeah! Excited. I didn't yeah, know that. We yeah, we have a new grandson. Just, I think arrived. Uh, was it Friday? When, where, where were we at? yeah friday or saturday so yeah we got a little little grandson welcome to the world so pretty cool um we took and we 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 the teams broke out oscar and i were up top we we're watching them as they came through uh they uh they're on a track they got up to us and then we had a facing in the fears challenge and uh that's where we're going to do a three-story rappel and uh we'll get into that here in a little bit and then we uh we uh we finished up. It was probably one of the most memorable weekends, one of the most important weekends of my business career is seeing people grow. And we'll go into that here as, as we get into it. Uh, we had dinner and social uh, time here, and we just had a great time. So with that, I'd like to take and have uh, – I'll take and introduce uh, myself. Is My background, If for those that don't know it, is search and rescue has been my passion Uh primarily in the civilian side. And then I was brought over. I was actually recruited by the Cal California military department to come in and, and train um, our guardsmen uh, in, in search and rescue. And that just ended up taking me down a whole new path in the guard um, that I never planned on, you know, in my life. And so I've taught, i uh, been part of search and rescue for 35 years and have been teaching search and rescue at one level at the beginning level, about 30 years ago, and then uh, became a senior instructor uh, about 20 years ago and so there's my background outdoor enthusiast I love anything outdoors I hike a lot uh, horses and all that stuff so Oscar was uh, Oscar was also my co-trainer we both took equal roles in training uh, folks so Oscar why don't to you share your background
0: uh, good morning Oscar is owner and operator of 805 detail shop um, I spent all of my adulthood in the Marine Corps so Marine Corps veteran uh, went from PFC all the way to the rank of first sergeant um, while I was in, I served in various units, uh, deployments. Uh, I think one of the most memorable ones was becoming a, be- a drill instructor, my second tour. So I was uh, able to make Marines down at MCRD San Diego. Um, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where we took this from is just you know, starting from the basics and moving up. So, yeah, yeah that's a lot of fun. I got into detailing when I got to the Marine Corps, I got into detailing, and then you know, here I am now.
1: Mm. It uh, well, if I had asked you as an instructor, was there one moment in time other than you uh, fast roping down uh, that stood out for the weekend? Uh,
0: you know, what's funny is that I think it's just the whole weekend and all because uh, so many all the people that went through all the detailers that went through have been asking me for pictures. So almost every day I go back and see all those pictures and see the videos of Carlos going down, Of you know, it just everything just. I don't know. I think to me, the rappel, I sat back a little bit on that bigger rock and just watched Samantha and Chris do their thing. And I think that was what hit me the most is watching Samantha and Chris work with every individual on getting them up on that rope and helping them face their fears.
1: That was funny. That was, to that's me, funny. That was one of my biggest, most. that was one of my top three takeaways from this also is watching the two of them really as students, but professional students, I mean, both of them could teach and they're going to in the future, this class, they both probably should have, but they have to, you know, it's like everything you earn your stripes. Right. But I mean, not that they haven't in private sector, but to see them interact and get people so comfortable w- was pretty amazing. So yeah, uh, with I mean, that, you, let's you start- could have done that.
0: You know, you could have done it. I could have done it. But, but as soon as I saw Samantha take the lead on that, and put me on the rope and the way that, cause I was the first one to go really fast down that <laughs> that yeah. rock. Um, but as soon as that, that happened, it was like, it kind of woke me up the way she walked me through it, the way Chris walked me through it to where it's like, when I get back up, I don't need to be doing that. That's Samantha and Chris. They can have, that's, that, that's their thing, you know? And, and I think that's why I sat back on that rack and just watched them, which is why I have all those great pictures and videos of everybody going down. <laughs>
1: Well, I'll have Chris get into his position and what he ended up doing, you know, during that rappel, which was nothing less than amazing, you know. And I was the same way, you know, we set up, there's four of us checking safety, right? And to see Chris and Samantha jump in, again, this is where leaders here, Oscar and I are putting on the training. We step back and let two professionals do what they, they did a better job than we would have done. Their, their, their they're empathy, and their and their safety, but their, God, I don't even. I get chills. The way they built these people up, the way they built the students up, was mind blowing. And so, why would we get in the way, Oscar? When we had two people, this is where leaders become real leaders, and they see greatness in people that are going to surpass what they could do. And a lot of leaders, a lot of people, have hard time with that. Especially, if you haven't been in the military. Or ems or anything structured that's paramilitary right but yet i mean some people in those positions have a hard time with it but yet we here we are we're detailers we're entrepreneurs and how leadership is supposed to work worked out perfect i mean perfectly and that was a natural blend for all four of us is that oscar didn't get in their way i didn't get in their way samantha didn't wasn't roostering she could she's got all this she's got more experience she's got more certifications than oscar and i combined you know and the same with chris but yet here we are with empathy and support and teamwork we made it happen so real quickly i want samantha go ahead and introduce yourself samantha and what your background is oh she frees up Uh oh, she froze up again so i'll share it samantha was cal fire captain um Oh, there she is. You want to finish that top, that subject? There you go. You're unfrozen.
3: <laughs> I'm unfrozen. I didn't actually get the last part of what you said.
1: So I just want you to explain your background coming into this, you know, uh, briefly yeah. what you did in the, in the past to make yourself so good at this.
3: Um, well, I spent, uh, I initially was a volunteer firefighter in 1993. And then just spent so much time as a volunteer up in the mountains and understanding what um, it takes to repel off mountains and have so much fun doing it. And then went on to 23 years in the fire service. And throughout that time, I've gone to numerous rescue courses um, and I was on a rescue team. So several you have to have several certificates to do that and probably about 360 hours of training just in the rescue realm. So, and I just had fun. You know, I was, I was a follower for many years, a leader and, and, and then, um, a follower again and just had a great time.
1: You know, following is a great position to be in because you can observe so much, you know, when you're a natural lead or not even a natural built, I don't, I think people have got tendencies of being natural leaders, but I think you still got, it's a skill set you got to learn. And, you know, we, we, the three of us have all had a lot of people put a lot of money, you know, can you imagine the investment the fire service put into you or the Marine Corps put into to you, Oscar, or what the guard in San Bernardino County, Blaine County, Idaho put into me. I mean, it's combined. You're probably looking at several million dollars of education is to teach us how to be teachers. And here, here we're, we're being these lead, we're, tip of the spear in our expertise and falling back when we see greatness and pushing those those individuals forward so let's go ahead and introduce the other panelists there are students in this chris chris woman chris came up he wasn't too excited about it but i think he. Yeah. Did. Yeah. i think he got, i think he got excited i think he dug it
2: uh, I yeah, I I wasn't too excited to come up, but uh, but I did have a good time. Uh, to be clear, when they keep talking about Chris, they are talking about Chris Williams, uh, not me. Um, Chris Williams has a whole bunch of uh, of police and I believe um SWAT team experience is yeah. my understanding. Uh, yeah. but anyway, um, but I went up there and uh, I was not, you know, I was not in the right frame of mind to be honest but uh i think everything worked out fine and uh i did chicken out though when it came to the repelling that is definitely not my thing i'm not a i'm not really good with heights when it comes to not being on solid footings um i could look over the edge of a building all day if you know but if that building starts to sway forget it you know so uh but what i did
1: yeah, yeah you sit there and took pictures laying on the edge and i didn't even like you doing that and there you were comfortable laying on the edge, but you just weren't comfortable going to the other side. So, I mean, to me, yep. what you did was even harder than the one time repel because you did it with every single person.
2: Oh, hold on. There we go. There we go. Oh, now I got yeah, a little got echo, a little too, echo, there. echo there, there. too. There, I fixed it right now. Um,
1: so, Yeah. So you, you set off that edge and took some, I mean, we would have missed a lot of great fun times, you know, we'll get to that. I did. I,
2: uh, I took a lot of pictures off the edge of the rock. I got some great videos. We're going to share one of those videos uh, today while we're, we're on here too, because, uh, it's a good one, but, um, you know, we just, uh, I just made the best of it and I contributed the way I could, you know, it's awesome.
1: So we'll go right down the list. We're going to leave Mr. Um, we're going to, we're going to leave probably one of the, highlights of the training weekend till last that's carlos because i think he made one of the largest impacts uh although oscar almost made the largest impact uh moving <laughs> off that wall on a new on a new on a new uh brake system that you know that that he hadn't used before but you know he he saved the day along with this next this next uh student that was there and so uh, andy go ahead and introduce yourself
4: all right i'm andy van order uh with andy's auto detailing and ceramic coatings out of albany oregon uh, so that's who i am uh, what would you like me to talk about there's a lot of impactful moments for me
1: we'll go right down through here in a second go through each one of them and uh right. and talk about each one and then you and i had a special time because Dana, you know we we went up to Monterey on Monday. I drove up there, and we had a lot of time together and talking. And you know, you're a great guy. But yeah. okay, Carlos, I think he won the the Academy Award for uh, pure pure thrill. And uh, Carlos, introduce yourself.
5: Hi guys, my name is Carlos Garcia from uh, Corona, California, and I own Uber Detail.
1: Cool. So, Chris, do you think this is a good time to play that video, just real quick, since Carlos, and we'll kind of set the tempo of you got to remember, this is a three-story rock. And a lot of these, for those that are into climbing or something, you might say, oh, that's nothing. Well, you got to remember, this is, your comfort zone isn't everybody's comfort zone. And so, uh, you know, Carlos had never done, matter of fact, Carlos, you had never camped out in the open like that under the
5: stars until this time, correct? Well, been, uh, outdoors, uh, nothing of that. Like, I'm, I was pretty much new in everything. So, it was amazing, though.
1: Yeah. Well, we're going to do a lot more of it. You know, my schedule starts to uh, mellow, and I've got some trips planned. Uh, I'm going to put them out there to the Mafia and see if we can't get some other people to go out with us and have some more adventures. But, Chris, do you have that queued up to where you could play that video of Carlos? I
2: sure do. Here it comes. It's about a minute long, but uh, but it's definitely a fun one. So Here here it comes. It it.
1: There you go. You got it. You got it. No, keep, leaning keep leaning back, keep leaning back, back
5: just doing like you do.
1: Yep, yep. yep. Yeah, keep yeah, doing man. what you're Go.
5: doing, step, yep, you're yep, l shape. J- lean doing back, great. lean back. You got it, buddy. You got it, Carlos. You got it, you got it, that's it, bro. Yeah.
1: You're fine, keep bro. that you're right. hand behind you're your back,
3: Carlos. Keep doing what you're doing. Hell yeah. Step that way. Walk to your right,
0: okay,
1: what's up? Step, step that way. You're good, you're good. Lean back back straight. Lean back. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. It's gonna be a good. lot easier. You're, right. You're, You're, good. Good. You're good. You're good. Nice as fuck. You got it, buddy. There you go. Yeah. That. There you go. That's it.
3: Fuckers! Fuckers! Heck yeah! He said, turn down! He's said, my ass going <laughs> out of Fuck yeah, Chris! Hell yeah, bro. you love you, brother! I love you, dude! Fucking love you, Randy! Yeah!
1: oh my i can't tell him how many times i've watched that video so you know it's it's, is again we'll talk about this but facing our fears you know and obviously you know there's not a time to where you know i get on the edge or if i'm on the edge of a wall or 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 even a helicopter or something like that that you still don't get you, you don't get um i don't know what it's called i mean it's it's i love it it's adrenaline but there's always that you're always looking at the system you know and even though we had four really capable people check out the safety system you can imagine if if we're a little nervous or anxious how people like carlos have never done anything like this in their lives so let's go down custom and courtesies anybody want to touch on that oscar maybe touch what do we teach in the class what did you know a lot of people hands in the pocket they sit around they're talking to people they don't shake their hand they don't look at their eye they they don't stand up when they address people so kind of go into that. Why, why did we present that? And then from the Marine standpoint, why is that important?
0: Um, well, I think we presented on the business side of point, you know, running the businesses, you represent your business. That's what, that, that's what we are. So if you come in and you're doing exactly what Rennie said, not, you know, not getting up, not talking to people, you set the tone. So having the right customs and courtesies with your customers, clients, Sets the tone for your business. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. I'm out in Chicago today and this week, and I've walked into some stores and some some detail shops, and I can see who's got customs and courtesies and who doesn't. And it really does set the temple for the conversation. Um, You know, and, and the reason we talked about this here is to set the temple for the rest of the group as we went into the weekend to where even when Samantha and Chris took over, I mean, I had the... I had the courtesy of just stepping back and watching them instead of trying to go in there and trying to lead the whole time. Cause even as leaders, we got to have the right customs and courtesies when we're bringing up new leaders and teaching them the ropes, you know, we got to have that courtesy to step back and let them go. We can't always be in the front, you know, pumping our chest, you know, I'm the leader, I'm in charge. Um, And I've always, I've always thought if you got to remind people that you're the leader, you're probably not the good leader, you know, And, and that goes down to the customs, of things, the courtesy of things, the customs and courtesies that we had towards each other. You know, um, in the Marine Corps, we always, you know, teach you how the customs and courtesies, but you never jump your chain of command. You always give the command, the courtesy and the customs to go ahead and, and run there. what they have to run. And being a follower, like you say, Randy, and, and, and touching into that, you know, a lot of people may not say, you know, what does that really mean? You have to know how to follow in order to lead. I'll give a perfect example. Every rank that I picked up in the Marine Corps, I was proud when I picked up sergeant. But, you know, because I was a corporal, I was in E4, now I'm an E5, but guess what? Now I'm just the new E5. Now I got to follow all the senior sergeants, the ones that are about to be staff sergeants. And you pick up staff sergeant, you're just the boot staff sergeant at that point. Even as the rank as first sergeant, you're still the junior first sergeant in that battalion, and you got three senior first sergeants that you still had to follow and lead from. That's why in the Marine Corps, they always have these leadership courses by rank. You know, you pick up E3, you got to go to the Lance Corporal Seminar. You pick up E4, you got to go to Corporal Score, Sergeant's course. And that's the biggest thing that we wanted to drive into this. Not that it's a military organization, but when it comes to the business, when you're building your employees up, when you're giving them different billets or you're promoting them, you got to be able to step back, let them, you know, like Marine Corps said, let them fall on their sword and then pick them back up and build them back up. And I think that's part of the courtesies as business owners that we got to have, not only to our clients, but to our employees. If you have employees, you know, and everyone's going to run a different ship. But I've seen this within Carlos's store, you know, how he runs it. I see how you run things running, working for you. I've seen how different organizations run it. And not everybody's on the same sheet of music when it comes to their customers and courtesies. And I think that is the root of a business. That's where it starts, is how you start it, how you present yourself, how you carry yourself how you present to your to your clients, you know? Are you shaking hands? Are you looking them in the eyes? Are you following up when you call them? Or it's like, you know? Are you still using dude and bro? Are you know just the certain words that you use? I used to get in trouble a lot when I first started going to the chamber because I I don't I'm not good with names. So when in doubt, you say sir, ma'am, and people would be like, I'm not a ma'am. Ma'am is old, you know. But it's like going down to the south. If exactly. you say sir, ma'am, that's all about customs and courtesies down there. That's what they like. So I think it was a very good way to start the, the, you know, the class and set the tempo because everyone kind of understood and went and, you know, move forward. Um, you know, what you're doing right now in your trainings by making them get up and, you know, stand on their feet, more respectable. And, I, and it's funny because I start to see other people that are doing that now. as I'm you oh, yeah. know, traveling to Southern California. I start to see them. You know, when I walk in, they're, they're on their feet and they're, you know, good morning, how's it going? They're jumping out of the counter. And it's a good thing. And these are people that have been through your training. They've been through those one days that when you teach it, I'm starting to run into them and they're actually getting up and they're shaking hands. Vice before it was just like, oh, you know, hey, what's up? And that's it. You know, yeah. it just kind of sets us apart. It sets, it sets us apart. It sets the tempo.
1: Well, and you're going to stand out. That's for sure. And that's what's important. So from right there, we, we went into uh, clues. And so we started talking about, and if one of you guys uh, remember, on average, how many clues does a lost person leave? Per mile, anybody have the answer to that? Oh, I remember you told us. (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember the number. Remember, it was a
4: (laughs) lot—a
1: thousand on average. One thousand clues. Because if you guys got to remember how many, how many, how many paces in your hundred meters is you know you're right around you know in the 60s to 70, right? 70. So you got to times that. You know, there's there's several hundred there's several hundred Mm -hmm. clues just in their track alone and then you're looking for other you know broken broken brush uh p spots i mean all kinds of different areas and so you know (laughs) customers are the same way is we got in discussions on how you know customers leave similar customers leave similar clues well guess what if you've got a client base that you really that you make more money out of than other sectors of your market guess what you got to follow those clues to find more of those customers. Don't go after the wrong one. You guys found out in your final when you guys were tracking Oscar and I is we actually, you guys, uh, the teams got crossed over and mixed up the, the sign, you know, the, 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 the evidence, and, and went from my tracks over to Oscar's tracks. And so we can really screw up real quick and go after the wrong customer base if you're not, wa- if you're not watching for the clues that are left behind behavior you know we uh we learn a lot right-handed people when they're when they're when they come to a y in a trail right-handed people are going to go right left-handed people are going to left older people are going to go downhill younger people are going to uphill uh people that fish are going to go follow water hunters are unbelievable they're going to go for miles looking for you know lost game um we took and decided to put you know chris into a litter and we carried it around and we put obstacles you know we're running around oscar and i putting obstacles in their way and they had to pass chris over the top of obstacles they learned that only four people carrying a load wasn't near as good as as six or eight people they learned that taking and having a rotation of carrying kept you fresher anybody have a takeaway from that litter carry that that I, that brought you into life and life and uh, business
2: i sure do um you know, if, if for those of you that don't know what a litter is, it's essentially like a like a stretcher to carry somebody out if they're injured, uh, but it doesn't have any any poles or anything or any rigidness to it. Right. You just got to grab the canvas handles on the side. But uh, these guys carried me around the entire shop there behind Rennie and they did it at shoulder height and. Um, But what I learned from it is I got in that thing and I was nervous, right? I was like, can these guys do this? You know, I'm 250 pounds. Can these guys do this? Are they going to drop me? Am I going to roll out of this thing? All that kind of stuff. And what I learned was real quickly, I mean, literally 10, 15 seconds into it, it was like, you know, you, you put your trust into these guys to do it. And I quickly learned that they could do it. So then for the rest of the ride around the shop, I wasn't nearly as worried because I knew that they had it and I knew they could do it. And I related that back to, um, you know, say, you know, I don't have employees, but you know, say you have employees and you're delegating stuff to them, you know, you're quickly going to know if they can handle it. All right. And once they do just let them run with it because they're, they're going to get it done and you got nothing to worry about, you know, obviously still got to monitor them. You know, I was still every once in a while being like, Oh, I'm tilting to the left a little more than I'd like to. But other than that, it was all good you know. Well, one thing
4: it. I I kind of took away from that that actual moment right there cuz I I noticed by the end that I was on that thing for a long time and didn't get swapped out and part of that was also my lack of saying, "Hey, this is getting heavy, I need help." And I do that a lot with my own mm-hmm. business being that I'm only a two-person shop is I like to take the load a lot myself and I caught myself doing that there and I was beat i mean i was face to face with chris while we were doing this and i'm just like struggling because i'm just like i felt like i had to pull a lot of the load even though i probably didn't need to i i was just i was worried about dropping in myself so i needed to learn to kind of let that load distribute a little bit so that's kind of what i walked away from with that because afterwards i was just beaten i was like man i didn't i didn't even ask for help i didn't voice it so that's kind of what i walked away on that Sam, do
1: you you have any takeaways on that one? I do.
3: Um, I think that in the beginning, like right off from the beginning, I started helping everybody with commands and that type of thing. Oscar is like having to pull me back a little bit and saying, you don't have to teach it anymore. They got it. Let them go. And I think being an instructor for so many years in the safety realm, it's safety, safety, safety. So you hold everybody's hand then I noticed it's like, wait a second, I, I don't need to hold their hand, let them figure it out a little bit. And I notice I do that with, um, I have a new partner in business and and Heather, um, she's doing so good, so good. And I hold her hand a little too much, I think. And um, she's just an amazing business person already. So I think if I just let her go, then it's going to just change, it's going to change the And so I think my huge takeaway is, like, step back. I'm not in that safety position anymore. I don't have to always assure that everything's being followed exactly. And as long as the intent of what is happening, then I can let it go.
1: That's cool. Uh, uh, So now, Carlos,
5: did you take anything away from that litter carry? Uh, For me, it was important to have a good team to work with it. Uh, because for me, carrying uh, Chris Woodman by, by by himself, it will be really hard for me. So having more people to help you, it will give you more um, less less burnout. So yeah. for me, having the having the good team is it's key.
1: So the next topic we went on to was the line search. So we are looking for evidence. We are stretched out. We we're looking for evidence, and I laid down. We, we taught him here in the shop just what it was close parameter, spread out parameter uh, of what line searches was. We went out, we, we laid out in a, uh, about a a one acre area um, evidence. So it's it's again, relating this back to business is that you want to look for every like customer leaves like evidence. So they've got like habits. They have like spending they go to like places. They, the same, you know, a lot of similar restaurants, country clubs, they work at, you know, they may work at a location to where like people may be spending money with you. If you can get to them, any takeaways that you guys want to add to that one of what you learned from looking for very, some of the evidence was very small. It was a washer and then other others were bigger. It was a playing card. And uh, we found, you know, we found 80% of the clues left out, which is, Pretty high number for, you know, an amateur group. So anybody have a takeaway from there they like to share?
4: I got, I got something on that one. Uh, cause I had kind of a, a weird perspective of it. I didn't find anything. Um, both people next to me did. So for me, I started getting in my own head, kind of like I, I've caught myself in business that they're finding the right, they're finding what they need to find. When am I going to find what I need to find um, and I was beating myself up, beating myself up. But then I started realizing, it's not about that. It's it's about helping the people around you also find what they need to find. So no, I had a weird perspective on it uh, by the time I was done because I didn't find nothing. I didn't pick mm-hmm. up anything or anything like that. And I mean, I think one, I, I think Sergio next to me or something like that. Uh, he picked up two, and I was like, what the heck? Like I couldn't find nothing. So, but it was about like. Being a walking with the, your brother next to you, you know, and, and keeping them in line and keeping everybody straight to where if I'm not finding it, the person next to me is, but we're bouncing off of each other. So it was, that's kind of what I walked away on that one.
1: You, you know, and, and that brings up a great topic in, in the real world on, on, on searches, when we're looking for either evidence, it might be a homicide case or it might be a, a missing person case, whatever it may be that, that outlook of what you just shared is exactly how many of us professional search and rescue feel. We want to be the finder. You know, we're all, most of us are type A's, right? And, and, and then it comes down to if our team finds it, we find really good. But when, we're, when I'm out there on the line, I, I want to be the one that's finding evidence, right? I really want right. to find it. But then when we're done and our team has found stuff, it feels so good to be part of that team. And even on yeah. like hasty, I've been on hasty teams, which a hasty team's a, a very fast team. And believe it or not, I'm a pretty pretty fast hiker even still, you know, at my age, can still cover some ground. And I and I, you know, Oscar and I are both carrying I don't know what what are we carrying all the ropes and stuff. What'd that weigh, Oscar? We're probably forty plus pounds each. Uh, I
0: have ropes on my back. So Yeah. It was up there.
1: Yeah, it was probably pounds. forty to sixty bit pounds. Over.
0: Yeah, it was it was up there. Um but you know, we were we were on a mission, and I couldn't. I was just running, you know, so they wouldn't find me. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, man, I, yeah. And, that, and it and it was the competitive nature. So it's really, Andy, it's really cool that you kind of sensed that because that's real world. So it was yeah. it was it was really fun. So now we went into next was man tracking. So this is actually step by step tracking. We cut sign. We taught them, you know, how to take what you're looking for, how to mark the evidence what you're looking for, what it looks for, how to change the light, how it's the optimum times when they're tracking um, Oscar and I on the last day wasn't the best time. Probably the worst time to track somebody is between 10 10 in the morning and 3 or 4 in the afternoon. At 3 or 4, it starts getting easier again because the sun's right up there and you can't see the track. And so any takeaways? Did anybody have a takeaway on on the man tracking, especially on the final, you know, when you're actually tracking Oscar and I? Was there anything that you learned from that 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 you kind of it will stick with you in life and business?
5: Yeah, for me it was like um for me it was really frustrating because I was not able able to to see all the little marks that people leave behind. But my my partners, my teammates did. So for me it's really like it was in business wise. Uh sometimes you don't your worker lacks some kind of skill, but it's gonna be another one that's gonna feel it. Mm. And as soon as 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 you work as a team, everything's going to be moving forward. So for me, what's really important to know that maybe I'm, I'm not going to be able to do it, but I have someone that is going to step up and keep everything moving.
1: Well, and that's perfect because we teach this right here as a tracking team. So you've got your, your primary tracker out here. And then on each side is what we call flankers. And everybody always thinks that, that, that point person is the main tracker. That's not the case. All three of us, are And I've actually tracked for long distances where there's four or five of us because that point person, the mental wear down of looking for everything is intense. You're down low, might be on your knees at times, maybe for an hour or two, you know, just looking for the next track. And and so you wear down. And so, you know, the, the fact that, that Carlos just hit it was it was frustrating. There's also going to be times where people have a better eye for it. And it might not even be that their vision's better, but it might be that they're picking up things at a time of day better than the other person is, because all of our vision's a little different. And so again, it comes back, seeing a commonality here is teamwork. You know, it's taking more than one person. Uh, so then we launched into navigation. So that it was, it was old school map and compass. Uh, we had various. Um, we had we, we we taught them how to shoot azimuth, reverse azimuth declination what we call zeroed out but everybody had different levels i have a, you know i carry uh silver mountaineering really nice high-end compasses not everybody was there so i know when we got into the just on the navigation side of it we we had a pace count out in front on our street and we set out 100 meters we saw there andy had really he's got a huge stride you know so his strides really it's like chasing down a gazelle you know big, big stride. Uh, Carlos and I, a little smaller stride. I've actually got a pretty good stride for being my height. Um, but the navigation side of things is, is it set us up. We were doing it before we went in the field. We actually had an an Andy and, and Shane from Oregon. They came in a day early and they had the opportunity to go out with me and set the nav course up. So Andy, uh, first off, we didn't realize that Shane was kind of terrified of animals. And so when we got out there, there were some questions on wildlife, and the first thing that happened when we were done with so the navigation course, uh, what happened on our way back?
4: Uh, we saw, uh, uh, what was that, a bobcat, something like that?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, right. That at, was, that was, far that that was that fun. Yeah. I
4: missed it by like this much on seeing it, but you know, like my eyes didn't track it quick enough, so.
1: We got out and found its track, you know, we're, we're yeah, over yeah, that we track other way. going over the edge. Yep. But, you know, they came out and helped me set the NAV course up and even knowing where the NAV course was that yeah. next day, you know, when we went in the day after, when we went out and did the NAV course, what all of you, any input, what was some of the challenges? What was the successes that we had and what was some of the challenges? Mm-hmm. Who's got some, uh, we'll go this time. We'll go over to Sam, Samantha, what did you see as, kind of a challenge for a lot of people and some of the successes.
3: I think, uh, for that was mostly the, the equipment that you're using. I think that, um, the equipment was huge. Like even I had a great compass cause my Silva just didn't make it down on that trip. And my compass, um, by the end of that night had created a bubble because of elevation, as soon as I got back down to, um, to flat land by the Ontario Airport, my bubble was gone. Hmm, so sometimes, yeah. So sometimes, equipment you use is a key is a key factor, and then also assuring that um, that you're just taking that deep breath. Step one, step two, step three. Because if you don't go through that process of steps, you're gonna mess up, or you're gonna have you're gonna get off degrees. Correct. So I think um, even in detailing, it, there's a step-by-step process. Um, when you put your car, your keys in the ignition of your vehicle, there's a step-by-step process. And I think that sometimes we forget that some, we need to take a deep breath and think about our step-by-step process until it becomes a habit.
1: I know Chris was getting frustrated, really flustered on, on the NAV course, and we figured out something about, oh, probably halfway through with Chris and why he was – struggling so chris you just couldn't get the asthma to, to pan out you're getting an opposite what did you find out and i kind of warned everybody objects you know your watch especially smart watches uh metal and any of these things can can affect your exactly and that's why i wear soft ring uh but chris what was your experience
2: well, i had two i had two issues on that nav course and that was uh one was the which was less obvious, um, but was a big factor. So if I was holding the compass down low toward my belt line, uh, my belt buckle actually had a magnet in it. Um, you know, cause I have one of these cool belt buckles. that's magnetic, but, uh, so that was a little bit of it, but you know, the bigger factor in, uh, in the orienteering challenge was, uh, I was looking for too much perfection. Um, you know, I was trying to be dead on with that, with those measurements and it turned out I didn't have to be that precise that the goal wasn't to be that precise and I didn't understand that right away and so uh had I had I kind of loosened up things a little bit and and not worried about perfection as much uh I would have accomplished it a, a lot earlier
1: so Oscar from an instructor standpoint we saw some frustration that was when that was when we started seeing people like like really starting to get flustered. what what did you notice?
0: Um, everyone is, I mean, you explained it the same to everyone. You, you gave the class to everyone across the board. Everyone learning behavior is different. Everyone learns different. And I think bringing it back to business when you do have employees, when you're working with other business owners, when even within the group, everyone has a different learning pattern. Um, And I could have easily got just as frustrated as you know, as Chris did, or you could have. But again, it's just be able to step back and to see how people reacted to certain situations. And then just going in there and having them explain it. And that's kind of how I I started seeing some of the students go through is, how did you hear Rennie explain it? And when I heard them explain it to me, I could tell what bits and pieces they picked up of the class and which ones they just decided to leave off. Going back to what Samantha says, it's just a step-by-step process. You know, so for me, it was fun watching them, you know, get all flustered and and all that. Because, again, once once, you know, I had a conversation with Chris Woman (laughs) and he was just like, well, I don't get it. It doesn't have to be perfect. And, you know, kept fighting me on it. And then he realized it doesn't have to be perfect. And he got through it right away. So, I mean, it's just the learning behaviors, the learning patterns. Um, And again, it goes across within the detailing industry, you know, as a whole, you know, everyone learns a little bit different just because you ask a question on the forum doesn't mean that you're dumb because you don't know that information, but yet people try to turn around and, and, you know, bash a detailer because he doesn't know what he doesn't know. There's a step-by-step process. Maybe he missed that step. So I think it was a very good, you know, overall lesson that we all learned together up there, especially in the night. Um, yeah. that, that one the night one was a lot better for me because it's like getting to see them in the dark and just hearing them hiding in the brush, hearing them and having them go back. And, you know, they, by that time, they were realizing where they messed up and then they had to go all the way back. But by the time they did the night one, they were already doing rem- the reverse is and they were shooting back to where they started. So it's like them from the day to the night was again, a big difference. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so they from- got, I- so I we, the night you know, one we put, it, and Oscar and I were real assholes because we decided to deploy out in the field and hide at different spots, knowing that some of the teams were not so comfortable being in the wilderness where there's animals. And so at two different times, you know, we jumped out of the dark and, uh, you know, we made sure nobody was carrying weapons first off. And then second off, um, you know, we kept a little bit of a distance, but we had a little fun with them. And there, there's a couple of people that just about pissed their pants, you know, of us coming out of the woods like
4: shaking that.
5: I want to talk something about the navigation course, and uh, we did it in the morning, and when we did it at night. And for me, this experience taught me the importance of timing. Because if you mm. do it, you do something late, you're gonna be screwed with more stress, more burnout. So it's really important mm. to do your stuff at the perfect timing. Because at night, it was a totally different experience. For me, and at one point, Samantha and I, we were pretty much losing in the in the in the wilderness. So timing is timing is essential in business too. Yeah, it
1: it's you know we did buddy up at night, so it was a you know it was a two-person team uh, just for safety reasons. Now you can imagine, you guys, we had a, I don't know one of the shots was probably what Oscar a little over 100 meters, 150 maybe two maybe 200 meters long. Is when you go to Sartec and you get Sartec one, you you have got you can go out two thousand meters and you got to pass that. And then to Chris's point, it's got to be a lot more, you know. We set out pins for you guys. Is anything that was numbered had a number one or a number two was a false pin. So if they came back and they came back and they're reading out their they had to I we gave them a direction and they had to go right down the pin number. Well, they'd get hundred meters in. And all of a sudden they look over and they'd see a pin kind of in front of them. And then another pin just off to the right. And so it made them question themselves because the pin that's kind of in front of them, it might not be direct into it, but there's one just 10 meters away. And so, you know, if they weren't on pretty close to precision, as I tell them, you got to go back and reshoot it because we knew anytime there was a one or two, that was a false pin. And they just, they just, they just went towards it. And so it was really cool to see, you know, everybody adjust to that. By the end of it, you know, I was giving to cust- uh, some of the people that didn't have great compasses, you know. And then it was really interesting because I had a GPS. Uh, Anthony had, you know, a, an, uh, an outdoor watch. Oscar had one. I had one. All of our GPSs were a little off. Is that our watches, our simple GPSs weren't, weren't as accurate as the compass, and so it was really, sometimes it's great to rely, the takeaway from that is, is, is a, a GPS is social media, is that it's a great tool to use because it's going to just cut down time and get you there. But you know what? If you don't have a good foundation with a compass, with an old-fashioned map and compass, and that's relationships, that's one-on-one relationships, you have to have both. But really when it comes down to it, is that relationship, that compass, that old-fashioned You know, what a lot of people think is old fashioned of building up face to face relationships and conversations. That's where it pays. It pays off. And so we uh, you guys a lot of we had to go out and build our own shelters. That was part of it in the daylight. We had to pick some areas. A couple people had to move their shelter. Uh, Mike had to move his because he went to go crawl in bed that night and figured out that he'd made his uh, shelter in a spider nest. So he got in there at night and could see uh, a couple thousand eyes looking back at him and decided that he just wasn't going to sleep there overnight. So uh, I'm going to go to uh, – we're going to go to Carlos. Carlos, you would never slept out underneath the stars. Um, you, you and Sam had picked an area where is – I'm not sure if I confirm with both of you. Uh, that was – that was. Um, we had bighorn sheep come through camp down where Sam and, Sam and Carlos were – sleeping that night so uh kind of explain how that 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 was what was it like building the shelter and then sleeping in the shelter
5: well i have to tell you man that it was the longest night in my life it was really hard for me just just to put up your sleeping bag in the floor and just go for it it was just <laughs> it, it was totally out of my comfort zone and um but it taught me something really important. Um, at one point, uh, like around 4 a.m., I was, I, honestly, I was like, a, like in a bad mood, man. And I was like, like kind, kind of like regretting being there because I was like, dude, I don't know, I, I'm not made for this. So I stand up and I look to the sky, man, and I see millions and millions and millions of stars. And, I, and that gave me some kind of, of peace. And I was you know it's just a couple of hours until until the sun's gonna come come up. So I'm just going to hold for it. And and that told me that even in the darkest moments in your business the sun is always around the corner it's almost it's almost there. So nothing lasts forever even if you have the the, the worst day of your life it's always going to be better the next day. So that it was a really cool experience. That's a great outlook. And
1: you can see here, this is one of the professional, uh, you know, people had their choices of bringing, we, we gave them options. So this was an owl shelter that's kind of a ready-to-made shelter. Other people brought tarps. Um, some people uh, brought, you know, quality stuff. Some people kind of entry level. And uh, some people slept very well. Uh, Alex from uh, Mafia from Hawaii had never done anything like this before. He brought a tarp, and he was out. He said he slept pretty good, and you know, uh, other people didn't sleep too good. We we came out the next morning, and we were checking on people. And uh, Sam and 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 uh, Carlos, uh, their camp was a lot closer. Uh, by the time that day 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 the daylight broke in the morning, when the sun was rising, they're a lot closer. Andy, let's your uh, what was your takeaway from that?
4: Oh man. Being being out like that, I've I've done that a couple times doing uh, backpacking off of a motorcycle, um, but never up in the mountains with that kind of wildlife, you could say. Um, so definitely put a different fear factor into it. Um, I didn't sleep well. I mean, I typically don't when I'm doing those things. Uh, I was sitting there playing music the whole night, so I wouldn't hear everything going on. So I didn't have the interruptions like, like what Oscar had, and uh, and uh, even Shane, he was hearing here in wildlife in the middle of the night that kept them up. But uh, for me, it was it, it was honestly just one of those uh, just putting yourself out of your comfort zone and trying to be comfort, trying to get comfortable out of your comfort zone, which is always yeah. There's there's my little setup there, so. I actually put like a little rock or a stick wall on the backside. So I, I no the animals would come in because I was a little worried about that. Except mm-hmm. one fell on me in the middle of the night. And I thought it was an animal like attacking my legs. So <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty bad. Uh, oh. But I mean, getting comfortable being uncomfortable is what I'm trying to get at. Uh, putting yourself in, in really hard situations just builds you into a stronger person. Uh, ultimately and and that's kind of what I walked off or drove off that mountain feeling is like I accomplished that I accomplished getting out of my comfort zone being not right next to somebody else out there because you had to spread out and that was purposeful so because you're more comfortable with people around you when you're by yourself and you can look out your little shelter there and you don't see somebody else you got to rely on what's around you and your mental state. And I think it, it made me a lot more mentally tough coming down. Um, That was one of the moments. There was lots of moments that made me more mentally tough, but that was definitely one of them out there camping like that.
1: Well, you know, from Oscar and I's standpoint, I'll have Oscar put on this and, and, and Sam too. This was a challenging course for us to put on. And here's why is Sam was working with, firefighters paid firefighters paid call full-time oscars marine i've got search and rescue professional search and rescue military search and rescue so i think a lot of people and i heard these little you know jabbers in the industry of people not coming to this that was just a way for us to you know control people and and yell at people and scream at people and that wasn't the case was it is that we no it was it was team building and there was the stress there was enough stress for people not being comfortable is the, the challenging part from, from an instructive standpoint or putting this all together, it wasn't about taking and not yelling at people. Cause I don't, we don't yell at people. I mean, we do Oscar did, you know, and, 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 and boot. Right. I mean, uh, but our thing was to teach you is, 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 teach discipline and control your mind, you know, to control yeah. your emotions. you know fear is your best friend and your, and your worst enemy. And if you can learn to control and use fear properly, it's going to take you a lot of places. So let's, we're, we got, we got input that I'm going to get from you guys on, on this next one. So Saturday morning, we come back, we come to Diane and, and uh, you and he made us breakfast. We had a great breakfast. And then uh, you guys were read a real mission brief. You know, you guys were given a mission brief. And uh, how'd that feel? What did it feel like of being briefed on something? Chris, I mean, had anybody ever, uh, you know, naturally? I mean, Oscar and Sam and I have always, you know, we've we've both received briefs and we've given briefs, um, but had the three of you, what was that like? Just getting a brief? Did it feel real? Did it feel like, wow, holy crap, this could be a real situation? And 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 kind of what I always tell people is, our job, nobody dies in detailing, but in these other careers that Sam, Oscar, myself did, people. People lost their lives. You know, people died. So how was it for the three of you? We'll start with Carlos. When you heard that brief, and I believe Diane gave that brief. Is that true? You. Mm-hmm. Oh, I gave it? Okay. We gave, we, gave it to, we gave it to
0: Carlos and Andy in the office, remember? Oh, thank
5: you. How did you guys how, – how was that? Uh, you know, I was, for some reason, I was, like, super nervous about it. Like, like I, I can't believe that you, guys, that you guys put me in charge. And I have some kind of struggles and uh, I have to write it the way that I am when I understand it and then pass it to the guy. So it it, it was feel, it, it was kind of like a, the feel, the real thing, the real thing. It was like, like really, really real. <laughs> yeah. I, I would
4: agree with Carlos on that, man. I was nervous too. I was just like, Oh man, this is like getting a real feeling. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm not good at taking notes. So mine turned into a bunch of gibberish and, <laughs> I didn't ask the right questions. I didn't know what questions to ask. When I, when I started briefing it and Diane was kind of watching us brief, she was like, well, you should have asked that question. And then that made me think like, holy crap, I didn't know what to ask. Like I didn't know the right questions to be asking because I had never done this before. But it was one of those, it was another, I was really uncomfortable doing that. But it was like, it was definitely a growing experience for me, like paying attention to the details When somebody's talking with you, whether it's a brief or like a customer is explaining about their car, like pay attention to what they're telling you. Pay attention to those little details because all those little details that they're expressing, those things are – they're expressing that to you for a reason. That's because that's a big deal. Like those details are big deals and you have to know what questions to ask off those little details. And this was something totally different so I didn't quite know what questions to kind of bounce off. I asked a couple of them but it was like – when it came to briefing my team or whatever, I was just like, oh, I should have, I felt like I knew, I knew I didn't have all the information relaying it back to my team. So I had to think back on what were those small details? What are the things that they need for success? Yeah. And oh man, it, it, yeah, it was nerve wracking, just like Carlos said, man, it was, it was weird. But I appreciated the, the trust in, in putting me in that position.
1: Yes. So Chris, you're listening to these briefs. What are you
2: thinking? <laughs> um Yeah, I'll 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 be honest, there was a, a couple times where I thought, you know, yeah, Andy didn't take very good notes. <laughs> 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 but uh but but it's all right. I, I I wasn't blaming him. I totally got it. But uh you know, Diane definitely um she definitely made it feel real, you know, cuz you know, yeah. I, We all, we all knew it wasn't, but she did a good job at making it feel real. And uh, she also, you know, did a good job at making you, you feel like you didn't pay attention too. So.
1: (laughs) Yeah. She's good at that. But it was
4: good (laughs) constructive criticism too. She made sure that you were paying attention with her, her correction. She wasn't like overbearing or anything. So I I do give it that, but it was when she would correct this or whatever it was, it was a constructive criticism.
3: Yeah. So
1: here's a picture that's on the screen, those that are watching the video, you know, of Diane kind of addressing the teams before they and you can see these uh this is uh other than the uniform, this is how mission briefs really are in the field. Matter of fact, right where this is taken, we've we've gone after we had in this area, this is uh probably I don't know, three hundred meters, four hundred meters from my house, but we've gone on several missions up there, real missions. Matter of fact, we uh we had a uh we had a, a guy a crackhead that turned uh well, can't say a whole lot, but he was a informant and ended up dead. And, uh, that's where they dumped his body up in there and we, we couldn't find it, but, uh, thank goodness a mountain lion had found him, you know, he's already dead and treat him, uh, cause he ate part of him. And then, uh, the next spring somebody came across bones. And when we got up there, we just, you know, there's still part of him up in the tree and he scattered all at the base of the tree and everything else. So that's a real area. And it's not far from civilization, uh, but you don't have to be to get screwed up. Here's another look at this, another picture of, you know, the brief happening. And again, you know, equipped and ready to go. It was really fun. So now we move into the field. You guys are given each team you're, you're broken up into, you know, uh, two teams and you're, you're tracking and searching. And it really from Oscar and I, Oscar explained what, you know, we were sitting up on top and we had a, a bird's eye view as they came up into onto the trails we could watch them what, what were we witnessing
0: um it took it took a while to get started um it took the teams a while and then uh we were able to see where they crossed paths where they were following your tracks and then that team started following my tracks and that's the team that went up and got to me one team went completely the opposite way i don't know where they were at <laughs> but uh oh yeah that's me right there my hands up <laughs> so, yeah, that's how high we were, and we were just kind of watching as uh, it unfolded. But it was
3: interesting. And I was taken from in. my.
1: I took that photo just below you. They oh, yeah, were. That's right. the, yeah. yeah, the team. The teams were five times lower than us. That was three quarters of the way up. So yeah, that's right.
0: Um, so yeah, so that's how faster I got up to the top of the hill than Rainy too, right, Rainy? No,
1: yeah, bullshit. <laughs> I was up there too, and I came back down. Don't even go there. Albert, um, how, how much? Yeah, it was, it was so, um, hold on, we're competitive. we got to talk about that. So I was, what, 15, 20 minutes behind you?
0: Yeah, but I, I took I took some hard brush to get up there because the that was what I was going to get. That some of the teams, I left some evidence, and they're like, oh, I was going to go that way, but there was a bunch of cactus. Well, I was running through all that stuff to get up there. I didn't really stay on the trail, and I think that's why I got up there faster because I didn't yeah. stick to a trail. I wanted to make it challenging for them and not just be, leave evidence on a trail. Um, and I think that's why one team started picking up my other, you know, started picking up the other teams, you know, Evan and Sib was there because of the way that I left it and the way that you left it. Is that we, at one point, we crossed paths. Me and you crossed the same right. trail.
5: Not um, knowing. I just,
0: yeah, without knowing. And I just happened to just shoot straight up the hill. I saw the big rock. And you got to remember, I've never been in that trail before. Rennie's like, hey, you see that rock over there? We're going to the left of it. I just, i <laughs> view and said, let's go. I just, so I kept kind of navigating myself towards that rock but um it was interesting to see the team's work down there and then once they got going and they started hitting the you know the trail there they they got a groove of it and they eventually got to where we were at which was good to see
1: yeah you see on the screen here is this is one of the this is the prints they're looking for and um so they're tracking us via that we left evidence behind they they're, they're finding evidence, you know, and um, it, it was a lot of fun. So they, they make it up there, uh, the beautiful view from up there. Now we're going to go through the last section of the actual training is facing your fears. And so uh, we had gotten up there before the team, and we decided to wait and set all the uh, systems, the rote systems up while they're there so we could explain what we're doing. And, um, it, you know, you can see the apprehensiveness. We had all professional equipment. Uh, we showed them the difference from basic equipment, you know, and then all the way to professional gear. So this is a a shot. If you look down in the left corner down in here, you'll see that's going to be where our, where my shop is. But, um, when we got up there, we set the systems up. We talked about safety, all the different equipment. And, um, you know, I have a really cool new, a new bar that I use that, that is search and rescue bar. And I explained it to, to Oscar of what, you know, this new, this new bar is and, um, He'd been, you know, he'd never come off of one before. And so he'd only looped over carabiners or gone off a of rescue eight. And so uh, when he went down to check the system, uh, yeah, he, he, he fast, it wasn't a repel, it was a fast rope. And uh, it's uh, thank God Andy, Andy was on the other side. And, you know, we, we had safety set up. He was never in danger of falling because we had somebody down there, you know, making sure he's belayed and so forth. But you moved down that rope pretty quick. Oh,
0: my gloves are smoking. Huh, Andy, I still, I still have a scar from the burnt, Like it, burnt. It, was, it was definitely funny, a man.
4: scary, scary moment for sure. Like my adrenaline went through the roof when I saw saw him coming down. I just, I ended up jumping on the rope and just yanking with all of my might, but it just wasn't slowing him down. And,
1: and it did. So here's a really important part is Andy had done some rappelling and climbing amateur-wise indoors and stuff like that. But as we're setting up, and the same thing, this is the difference between the fire service and search and rescue is Sam, likewise, it had not ever gone off of a system like this to where it's a bottom belay and no safety rope. We were just, we were just coming down off of it. And, Andy, it, we taught you to bottom belay. It's pretty effective, isn't it?
4: Yeah, yeah. It was something different than what I had done. I had done the pulley style. Uh, That you typically see at indoor climbing walls and such. This was just a single rope coming down, so it's. I had to think once again. I had to use what I had already learned and put that into practice with something I hadn't learned yet. So it was. It it took a little bit, but uh, I mean, after I figured it out, it totally. I mean, it made sense. The trial by fire with Oscar was definitely a a wake up call on it, Um, but. I mean, after that one, I mean, I figured it out. It's definitely very, very effective.
1: So here's where, again, when we go into business and we might be new to something, you might be adding PPF for some kind of new service, or you're just growing, you're scaling very quickly. And your tribal knowledge is that while Andy had experience is now he's at a professional level. Now he's at a different level is like I was telling Sam and I'm going to get Sam's input on probably, I think the most important part of this entire conversation But well, we don't have a fire truck when we're up on the mountain we've got very little equipment it's what you can carry and if you're going up you know sanji or, or whitney that's for over fourteen thousand feet you, i mean you know i was always considered a goat and so i always carried all the technical gear and oscar and i were were packing an equal amount going up there and it this is steep there is no trail there's a trail once you get up to a certain point the trail ends and you're just trailblazing you know up to this this rock this cropping but um it was it was a it was a it was really cool now. Sam's gotta really we start going through her and Chris set themselves up as they were getting everybody prepped to go over the edge and so we're gonna we're gonna go to her and talk to her about the emotions she saw and and how she saw people face their face their their fears and then and then we're gonna go to to Carlos and Andy and talk about how and you know and even Chris Chris shared there. He didn't want to be one of the ones going over the side. Here's a, a picture. You can see the ropes behind us. Um, we're setting everything up, and uh, so let's go to Sam. Sam, you had a a really you did a fabulous job, by the way. I think that really changed lives that day. You know, I think that you just and here that was in the that wasn't in the plan. I knew that we'd utilize you up there, but this is how you know. There, there's a saying I don't know. You know, in in the, in the uh, in the Marine Corps or in the fire service, but we always in the guard and in civilian search and rescue, we, we always say the first thing to change is the plan. The first thing to go haywire is the first initial plan. Uh, it's I've been on very few missions where the plan goes exactly how it was written out. There's always some kind of change to it. So you've got to adapt. This is one of those times to where we had two people step in and you can see Sam right there at the base with her back towards us, you know, and, 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 um, She's walking people through. So what did you witness that day, Sam? Um,
3: well, first of all, just changing the system up after Oscar. went over, Right before he went over, we changed the system up. So adaptability. And um, the strange thing is people don't know what we were doing. So they didn't know. I'm like, oh, I hope this doesn't freak anyone out that we're changing the system right before we started going over, but no one knew the better. So, um, and then once Oscar went over that really fast repel and then uh, we had a second go over and it started get people starting to get a little bit more comfortable after they saw a couple people go over, but um, there was a couple people that um, it's like a customer, you know, you we had one kid that, um, at one point in time, I was very gentle with my words. Very, um, I've got you. Um, but then there came a point where I needed to go, Look, you just need to move that foot. This is your life. And we talked about his life and how it was, um, it was the same thing. He needed to make that step and how it uh, corresponded with his life. And, and he, and he looked at me and he said, I know. And he went over. And that was probably um, one of the most fantastic over points. And you guys had a picture of him up. Um, gosh, I'm having a brain fart on his name. But um, it took a little while for him to, to get over the hill. Um, obviously, Carlos was an amazing, um, another amazing one. And, and Andy, at the end of the day, He had a lot of fear that um, he didn't have enough strength in him. And I said, it only takes 10% Andy to get over that. Just 10%. You tell me you don't have 10%. And he looked at me and he's like, I do have it. And I think that the huge thing about people's fears is that you cannot have risk and change without fear. And you can't have the vulnerability to actually take your hand into someone else's and trust them to know that they've got you and uh i think that is is somewhat i think every single person has fear when you go over that i know i have fear when i go over there's that little brief moment it doesn't matter how high you are up on a mountain you could be 17 stories up you could be two stories up you could be one story up there's always that little jump of adrenaline that is a fear adrenaline that you're like, okay. And then you just
1: do it. Um, I, well, I, I think that I, as, ever- a witness, as a witness to this, here's Andy. Uh, there's a picture up um, of Andy going over. Um, you know, I listened to a lot of the words you're saying to people and you did it with You did it with, um, you were taking in in building people up. You had empathy for their fear, but yet you were firm. And I think if we take that into business, as you guys can see, this you know it was, it wasn't a a lot of people watching. You might be into mountaineering, you know, and maybe this is nothing for you. But again, uh, this is something most of these people, ninety percent, had never done before. And here's Sam and Chris. William's coaching them through one of the most feared moments of their life, you know, is you're going over a cliff with a, with a rope about this big around, and you're not sure that system we're saying you know, bomb-proof, and there's a secondary system. We we you know, we had, we had backups to everything, right? We had a safety – we had a rescue line set up in case we had to go over and, you know, somebody froze up. But yet Sam's up there coaching people through – and even when they couldn't, Chris had him. He's like, man, I know that is my freak out zone. But yet Chris did something that I didn't think he'd be comfortable with. And that's sitting on that edge, taking all these pictures. And Sam, just the way that you, you directed people and guided people. And there's a couple of people that had to come off that edge that tried it, mm-hmm. but just couldn't, they couldn't quite make it. And I applaud them because they tried and it was a big fear.
3: They didn't, they didn't fail, and that was the huge thing is um, right. every in that big edge the whole time taking pictures. And so when you're up on that edge, there's not one person in the group that didn't get up on the edge. And there was a couple people that actually yep. started going over the edge and then said, nope. Or there was one gentleman that I ended up grabbing, reaching out and grabbing because he just, he couldn't figure out how to, to place his hands correctly. So safety, he's like, I'm done. I'm like, yes, you are. <laughs> but
0: uh, and that, and that, I told him, right?
3: yeah. And he told me that he, he felt like he was a failure. And I, and I said, absolutely not. You were, you were 90% of the way done and that is in no way a failure. And 90% is way more than 0%, is way more than 10 or 20. Most people won't even do 10 or 20. You did 90% of that mountain, and you should be just applauding yourself and happy because you got that
1: far. This is Shane. He was pretty uh, – Shane's a tough guy, and, you know, he was coming off that edge. And you can you guys can see, you know, this was a vertical. As a matter of fact, it was kind of tilted in at one part of it. So there's a not really much to free fall, but it was, you know, you had to work your way down and walk your way down. And it was, uh, you know, some people, it, it it was a first. So Andy, you know, you'd been down there working your tail. Off. You had pretty much everybody that went over the side. Now you're going to face it. So walk us through that. You know, did you feel pressured? Did you feel, what, what were you feeling that? Why did you go? Yeah. Through?
4: So, I mean, I, I'd like to take it, even like to where, when I was at the bottom, I got to see everybody's successes. Mm. When they hit that bottom, Mm. you just, because I watched them coming down the whole time. I saw the fear at the top and then as they would get comfortable and about halfway down, I made everybody stop. And then what I did is I, I held the rope, I held them there so that they could release their hands. And I started doing that probably with the second or third person and what I was trying to do is I was trying to establish the trust and then what you saw is you totally saw them just kind of release a little bit and you saw them shake their arms out and you just saw the just the fear kind of just drip off of them a little bit and when they got to that bottom and they felt that success, I got to see all the excitement. Mm. and. That was such a cool perspective being down there. I mean, I know that there's an amazing perspective, and I, I am going to talk about what Samantha did for me. Um, but being at the bottom and seeing their successes when they got there, I live for that. I live for watching other people succeed. Amen.
1: Amen. I, I love that's, it when somebody else to A lot of people don't know that's successful. what our team is about, is that, you know, they see yeah. detail mafia and this and that. And people are clueless, you know. And, you know, even some people that just didn't fit into our group that, you know gotten in trash talk is that it's just you don't just because you didn't fit in doesn't mean that that you know we were wrong or you were wrong or anything else you just didn't just didn't fit in it's the same as us facing yeah. our fear for instance i i'd share with the group i don't go into confined space rescue not my thing i don't like it i don't like it so i don't do it i'm I, I bring coffee you know i bring ropes <laughs> I'll, I'll bring the radios i'll do all that stuff but it's not my thing it doesn't mean it's a failure Right. Um, but, you know, I think that's a great point. And so now all of a sudden you go from and I love that perspective is that and I, and I love the way that you just made me stop on a dime. I mean, you just you just you know, when I came down, I gave you such a long time warning that I was coming down that you had plenty of response time. Yeah, not really. Yeah. And,
4: and <laughs> yeah, you came down quick. Uh, but so after doing all that. I was kind of like my legs were shaking from yanking on the rope and everything. And and then comes my turn to go. And I'm like telling myself, I'm like, nah, I, I don't need to do that. I've, I'm good. And then I, th- I don't know exactly who, who came down and was like, oh, no, it's your turn. I, th- I think Oscar came down and was like, oh, no, it's your turn. I'm going to belay you. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> so then I had to go up there. And I'm struggling walking back up the hill because my leg's shaking already. And then when I get up there, I don't like heights by any means. But this is a different perspective. It's not just a wall. That I mean, that's one thing. But when you're looking off over that cliff, you're hundreds of feet in the air. So when you're looking down, it looks like hundreds and hundreds of feet because you're looking straight down a hill, not just down a cliff. So it messes with your head. <laughs> um, and I actually when I finally started doing it, my leg was shaking so bad and Samantha and Chris, they're just talking me through it, talking me through it. My body was given out. And I, and it got me mentally and I just got a mental block and I was like, I can't do this. The rope's going to snap. So, and I told Samantha, I was like, I can't, I can't, I need to get up right now. So I started panicking and she let me up, but she didn't let me off that rope. She, she stopped me when I was up there and just helped calm me down the way she was talking to me. She, she went from walking me through things to just, she noticed my level uh, and I'm starting to feel it a little bit just by talking about it. But she noticed my, my adrenaline. She, noticed, she even noticed that I was dehydrated. like She just calmed me down. And then her and Chris just started talking me back into that zone. And a couple people in the background, I even heard Rennie say, with everything you're going through right now, this is what you need. You need to push through this moment. Um, and then then Samantha started getting like, she noticed that I was getting more comfortable. So she started pushing me a little bit treading to where like she was like no you need to do this right now like this is what you need to do like she's like you don't want to go down this hill thinking that you didn't do it and then I, i started thinking in my head i'm like i'm going to come down this mountain one way or the other am i going to come down knowing that i did it or knowing that i backed out at the last minute so those are the things that went through my head and then i was just like you know what i need to get up and just not think about it and just do it and as soon as you get over that hump it's just like okay there's no backing out now because I'm already over that little ledge. They can't grab me anymore. There's only one way off this and it's going down. So I conquered a huge, huge fear. And I mean, it, it was an emotional moment when I got to that bottom. I mean, I wanted to cry. I wanted to laugh. I wanted to jump up and down. Like I could feel my adrenaline spiking talking about it and thinking about that moment because it was something I would just never – I've usually backed out of fears and, I mean, I've, I've done some pretty crazy stuff in my life, but when it comes to, like, really being scared, I'm usually, like, trying to find the way out. And at that moment, like, there I wasn't going to let myself do that. Like, I didn't come that far to, like, not push past that fear. And it's already made a huge impact in some of the things that I've done since then. Uh, I'll, okay. I'll share kind of offline with you, Rennie, one of the things I recently did. But it one of the things, I mean, it, it's it's been huge already. Like, the impact that I've walked away with of, like, getting into the moments of, like, detailing and stuff and what used to stress me out. Like, this is nothing. This is not, like, life-threatening. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if I would get backed up in a day, so what? It's not like I'm rappelling off of a freaking cliff that looks, feels like I could die at any moment. Like, so the challenges that I've had to face since then, it hasn't felt the same.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was huge for me. I've got I've got Andy's rappel. You want to see it? <laughs> oh, geez.
1: Yeah, let's bring it up. Let's bring it up. Not hurt us. Okay. Let's keep going. Right foot. Right foot. Hold it. Here we go.
3: Here you go. Now take this foot, go
5: down a little bit. It's gonna be on your toes, okay?
1: Here, Chris. Right. It's Chris good, Williams.
5: Good deal. Good deal. Now take that right leg back, back a little bit on the edge. Stand out. Now you're gonna lean back. Lean back more.
3: Stand back more, tall, nice Stand and back. tall. All day, yep. Dude. Inch, inch oh, yeah. back, you're, just like you're doing. You're just keep it. going. Yeah, you're on it. All right, go Let that waistline. Go on me. Go oh, that yeah. oh, yeah. waistline. There, there, yeah. there you go. Yeah.
4: Next step. There you go. Good
1: deal. Here's the support one. You ready?
3: Back. You're doing good. There ready. you go. There's yeah, the yeah, scary part. I right can
1: see my legs shaking. Good. On your way down. Nice cruise. Nice
4: cruise. Keep your feet out in front of you. Nice and parallel. Okay. There you go. There you go. Just like that, brother. Just like that.
3: Now you're in that,
4: that nice zone, bro. You got it. You it you?
5: Doing? Thanks, guys. Always, bro. Yeah,
1: we got it. Good deal.
5: Yeah, same spot. Look yeah, at that.
1: Right over that side. When you can see what, you know, again, what Chris was saying about is that's, that was, you know, it looks, it's only three stories, but. When you're up on top, you've got hundreds of feet, you know, seven or 800 feet that you're looking over. I mean, the valley's 1,200 feet below that. So it gives you a different perspective. So Carlos, let's shift into there, and I'm going to end it with uh, saying something to Sam and, and Chris. Chris couldn't come on right now. But, so, you know, Oscar went down first. It was, you know, I think that a lot of people didn't realize, you know, I mean, he's done this a lot. We had people going through. Now we get down in the line. People were really nervous. They're kind of waiting to go through. We didn't make anybody. We didn't shame anybody. Matter of fact, we built people up. It, it, this wasn't about shaming or in your face or screaming. This was about compassion and us building a team and a stronger team, and I think we did that. You face that fear. You're up on top of that rock, you know, and, and uh, what do you feel like, Carlos?
5: Oh, man. Honestly, my plan wasn't. Going down on that rope because I'm super scared of heights when I was doing detail, I never watched RBs because I was so scared to be in the top of the RB. so for me, to be able to do that, it was really um, like a life changing experience and 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 it taught me a lot of things. The first one is the importance you did you did something Rennie, that a, a lot of business owners never do, which is delegating when you see Samantha and Chris. That they were knowledge and they they know what we're doing. You step up a little bit. You you were still the leader, but you step up a little bit, and they they just let it be. And Samantha and Chris, they they did an amazing job. They they threw what leadership is. They 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 have so much patience. They give us all the. They, they were so good, man. Like yeah. honestly, yeah. thank you so much, Samantha and Chris. I hope you're listening to this. Thank you so much. You guys changed our life. The second thing is the importance to be with mind people with your with your same uh, mindset, mm. because I, I remember you talk to me, hey dude, you can do it, Luke, Carlos, blah blah blah. Oscar grabbed me and say, dude, like you can do it, my man, because this, because that. Shane told me, Carlos, if you can pull this off, anything in your business, man, is gonna be a piece of cake. Trust me, man, you can do it, and you can do it. So the importance of of be with that kind of people because sometimes you feel like you are with the wrong people but at, at that mountain I was with the perfect people the people that I really need so when I was on the top of the mountain man my brain was still in my legs you need to move you need to move but my my freaking legs was like no, nope, I'm going to stay here I'm going to stay here so <laughs> <Love it. laughs> at the- when you were in business wise, it, it's scary to have in a business, especially when you're starting and you're new. So, when you're going down and you are on the top of the mountain, it could be probably the scariest thing. But after you pass that and you start going down, oh man, you feel like I, I feel like a king. I feel like like I released so much stuff that I had in my back, so much stuff like, like my mind just went free. And it was just the most amazing experience that I had in, to, to this day. Mm. So we're going to wrap this up with, uh, you know, Sam and Chris.
1: I wish Chris was on. But, you know, you guys are students. And Oscar and I, without saying a word to each other, we didn't have to. Is, 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 I think, you know, it, Carlos just said it. We could have easily, you know, puffed up. But Oscar and I both saw greatness. <clears throat> And I don't know if you realize it, Sam and Chris, if you're when you do listen to this, you guys changed lives. In that few hours, the impact that you made, and here's the remember, I told you simper gumby. We always call it, you know, our plans. Stay gumby, stay flexible. Is because in our plans, I knew you and Chris were gonna play a part. But here, without pushing, with it was very a very natural state that you guys grew into what you guys did that's an important thing there's there's people you can push your way in i'm, I'm pushy but if you don't the universe has got a natural way of growth and you too worked your way in and 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 guided these entrepreneurs and people into the, one of the most scariest times of their lives naturally And I just want to tell you and Chris that I can't tell you how much I appreciate you, each one of you, on how much you impacted this training. Oscar and I put this thing on, and and, and Samuel realized this, is as trainers, because you're a professional trainer also, you know, we couldn't – we had to change this up to where everything it was about, how is this going to impact my life? And how is this going to impact my business? We couldn't take it from a military first sergeant, drill instructor, senior drill, instructor, whatever it was attitude is we had to have empathy and we had to take and do it in a way that it was absorbed and and, and not just simply if, you know it wasn't a, it was you guys wanted to grow. you didn't enlist as you wanted to grow. And you did that, Sam. And Chris perfectly. So I gotta ask. I gotta ask Sam this. Your takeaway when you were done that next day, what was going through your mind?
3: Oh, I think I wrote you a letter, you Oscar and Diane. Um, well, you did. I did. Yeah, I did. You did.
1: Um, it's a major letter.
3: <laughs> the my my takeaway was was a family takeaway it wasn't there wasn't a lot of fear for me over the weekend for me it was a complete different weekend than some of the other um folks it it was um i haven't had besides uh going to motor lux last year my teamwork left in the fire service was just my team and and it kind of renewed my my love of being part of a team and interchanging all those dynamics of leader, follower, partner, handholder, empathy, um, strong arming all these different things and hats that you have to put on, and it just energized me to the point of there were so many hats that you could wear in three days um as part of this training that you were everywhere from just learning the most basic things to to helping people rappel off of the mountain so to me it was um so much more than that it was so much more than than God, i can't even come up with the right words because i don't know if there's any words for it because it just brought something back in me alive that I haven't had in, in a few years of, of just so much exuberance and, and love for everybody. And at the same time, ready to go out and, and, and set course for my business and personal life.
1: It's awesome. It's um, awesome.
3: And, and humbleness as well. Cause Oscar, people don't talk enough about Oscar, but Oscar's got a very strong, humble, quiet way of leading. and, and, that was another takeaway I had was um, that sometimes you can just be strong and quiet. still will lead by by That's being it. strong and quiet.
1: So, Oscar, coming in, I mean, you had, you know, what our intent was for this. Um, what was your takeaway? I mean,
0: what with with saying is just that, that camaraderie that we built within us that there like we share something we embrace the suck of being cold at night of, of that fear of animals coming in through our where we were sleeping of over you know the hill the hiking the frustrations at night for the you know we we embrace the suck together and and i i remember talking to chris about is it, i can always tell you who i train with and, and embrace the suck
1: yeah who
0: i deploy with. Of those bonds and what we did here is we built the bonds that sam was talking about it you know rekindled that fire in you and i know exactly what you're talking about sam where it's hard to put words to because coming off that hill like so you know, i spent a day with chris you know brought him down but it was like we talked that's all we talked about while we were in la with chris williams was that whole weekend and then i took him to the airport on monday and then it's like i'm driving home and i'm just like kind of like an awesome seventy-two hours that we just, spent. and I was already thinking when we're we gonna do it again.
1: Oh, absolutely! <laughs> When's
0: the next, you know, because it was just so much fun. We learned, you know, everything that everyone on this podcast has said is just being with the right people. You know, we had the right people there—the ones that came out, um, being around people that wanted to see you succeed. Like Andy was saying, you know, I. I literally owe my life to Andy because if he wasn't at that bottom of that hill knowing how to belay, I was—I would have splattered on that ground that first time. My first time going down fast rope in that. You know what I'm saying? So just being around everyone there and learning so much from each other, um, it's just an amazing experience, you know. And for my end, Sam, you know, thank you for the kind words. Um, one thing that I like to do is, you know, is—is is that is thats simply just take a step back, and, and that's something that a leader should be able to do. Take a step back. Every And I could have easily been, no, Sam, you're, you know, and it's just, there's no need for that. And I just know there's a time and a place that where if I see someone's taking it, you can just step back and let them take it. It's okay. You know, it doesn't take anything away. It's just going to make it stronger. Amen. And in this case, Chris, you and Chris Williams changed lives up there. You know, changed lives. Yes. I had, I have everyone's videos and pictures from that rock. And everyone has hit me up about, Hey, send me those pictures. And in every picture and video, On every video, I can hear your guys' voices walking them through being a little bit stronger with others and a little bit softer with others, leading with compassion. That's the other thing is the leading with compassion is that sometimes you need to push them just a little bit harder to get it done. And sometimes you'd be like, hey, if you move that left foot, that's all it takes. And that's the compassion in you and Chris that that really was not planned for when when me and Randy planned for this. We weren't planning on it, but it worked out even Like, it worked out great. So I just can't wait for the next one. Well, you
2: know, and and because I perched myself up there on that rock and took all those pictures and videos that whole time, I put myself in a very unique place to watch both Samantha and Chris uh, do what they did. And, um, you know, I immediately said when we were back down off the mountain that day, you know, that you guys blew me away. You know, getting to watch that over and over again with each one of these guys as they went over the edge. Um, it just blew me away. So,
1: so oh you God. know,
0: and, and with that, Samantha and Rennie is is the that people need to see is being able to lead with compassion. Is you, Samantha? You dealt with fifteen different personalities up there. That that's how the way I saw it too is you you dealt with a lot of different personalities up there, different fears. They were all a fear of falling, a fear of, of heights. But it's the personalities that you were able to get to, and and Chris too. You guys were able to to connect with people at a different level. And when you tie that into business, you're going to be able to connect with anybody when it comes Amen. to business. You're going to be able to connect with any type of client. Cause you just dealt with, you know, 15 detailers and 15 different personalities and you help them accomplish something. So just imagine what you can do for your customers.
1: And here's the thing. imagine of, what oh, oh, Sorry. Here's a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, um, we hear this all the time that you know women don't have a voice in this industry but here's a woman that's got a voice in this industry and helped several men like a dozen face and one of their biggest ever. she i mean she was a leader and so i don't buy into that i think you can make yourself a leader uh, sam didn't do it forcefully she just showed what's capable and she changed lives and i think that's important i don't want to hear that people don't everybody's got an opportunity sam just does it with class dignity empathy and she knows her shit. and she's not a weak person she just doesn't she doesn't have to flex a lot like a lot of people not men people do and she won respect by doing not saying
5: got to throw that in there so i think it's important and also running for me um, like we get we start doing the, the the leadership as a friends but the Saturday, we, for me personally, we're brothers and sisters for life, forever, like all the way through, man. For, thank you so much for everything.
1: Well, you couldn't, none of you couldn't have made me more proud. I wasn't sure how this is something I really – Chris will tell you, I've been wanting to do this for a long time, a long time. And, um, you know, it couldn't have had a better group of people. And um, Chris, do we have any questions popped up that we can answer real quick?
2: I got a few and then I got a real quick video to share that you know I had to I had to reformat it so I could share it. But uh um uh here's a good one. I think. Here it comes. Uh will you be offering this to the general public? Um could be.
1: It it could be that we just put it out, you know, to the industry. I've already had some locals, believe it or not, here. I've had a couple of business people reach out. So Stand by. Uh, I think we're going to do a little winter leadership course up here uh, this winter. It won't be, you know, we're going to definitely be outdoors. It won't be – this first winter leadership won't be camping outdoors because it does take a special amount of equipment. that's pretty expensive. But we will be doing something this winter um, for leadership that will run in this and then opening it up to the general public. Um, I, I hope so.
2: Yeah. Yeah, another similar one. Can others in the industry come to one of these courses? You know, I think you, you pretty much just answered that. You know, you you hope so.
1: Yeah, so. I hope so. I think, you know, we'd like to put an industry one together where we bring some of the leadership of the industry, you know, not just manufacturers and so forth. But um, actually, I'd really like to take an invite where we just bring all the uh, keyboard warriors up you know, and just get a few of them mixed into it. And then let's just, let's just, let's just put proof in the pudding real quick. You know, and I guarantee you uh, those that I have in mind would not accept me for various reasons because uh, yeah. 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 So that would be, that'd be a great way to prove uh, proof in the pudding that a lot of people are talkers and not doers.
2: <laughs> Another question came through, I think he, everybody's kind of gone over this, but you know, um, of, of all the instructors, you know, uh, what was the biggest takeaway from this event? I mean, I think you guys each kind of shared your big takeaways, but is there anything else?
1: I think that I didn't expect it is that I – camaraderie and empathy for one another was – and teamwork. Um, I knew it would come together, and we're a group of friends. We work together all the time. It was ten times greater than I thought it would be. Well, I one thing,
4: I, I got something on that too, is one, one thing, I said this to Rennie and he told me to share it with people that were there, but this group in general, like you, get, you hear all sorts of things about Detail Mafia this, Detail Mafia that, but being in this group, one thing that we don't do is we don't let each other fail, and that's one thing that I figured out, and I, I came down that mountain knowing that this group is not going to let me fail. Samantha mm-hmm. and Chris were in my face, not letting me fail on that, uh, on getting out. And they knew, they could see it in my face, I'm sure, that if I didn't go down that mountain, I was going to feel like I failed. So they did not let me fail. And that's one thing that I learned is this group ain't going to let me fail. And how we'll that let
1: looks you like rest, but we're not going to let gonna you quit.
4: But <laughs> <laughs> What's that? We will
1: let you rest. We will let you rest, but we won't let you quit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So for me,
5: for me, it would be like if you get out of your comfort zone, anything in this life is possible. Oscar? Yeah.
0: Man, being around like-minded people, you know, like say you, you said a lot right now. I mean, I agree with everybody here, um, but the biggest thing is, you know, like going back to I would love to open this up if Ronnie allows it for the industry and, and bring in certain people to. really go through this because then you can really start to feel the bond and i think that's what the industry needs everybody talks about it you know we need to come together and we need to do this that's what we just did within our group that's what we just did with these 15 individuals so yeah i would love to put on something like this industry-wide and that way we can build pottery among us and and make it a stronger industry you know build each other up across the industry not just the detail mafia you know but open it up and and, and you've heard it from some of the students here and, and I'm sure all the other students would go out and, and be happy to say, you know, talk about their experience, but I'm going to continue running on this. And again, I had a blast and I just can't wait for the next one, you know, because it's, it, it changed something in me. Just being around these, it, it made me stronger. It made me have more sympathy for others. It made me a better leader, like Samantha said, because even take taking a step back and letting other people take charge takes a lot in a person that wants to take charge all the time. It helped me grow as an individual.
1: So again, thank you to the students. I take that. I take that as such a a huge compliment to the people that are there coming from Oscar and coming from Sam because of their backgrounds and long-term Marine, long-term firefighter, you know, raised to the, the top ranks. And so, uh chris any 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 takeaway and then we'll end with uh we'll end with sam um
2: you know i i just enjoyed uh you know i got to be the uh the student again which was nice you know i mean i everything you and i do together i'm always you know alongside you or working behind the scenes you know with other students and this time i got to just be along for the ride and be a student again so that was kind of cool um that's awesome it's it's nice to go back in that um, you know it's nice to go back in that role every once in a while, right? So it's really
1: cool too is because the Chris this wasn't planned, but at one time the whole team came around and just gave Chris this huge like group hug, you know, and um, it was just you know a lot of times I think some of us when we're in a position like Chris is in, you know, that we we don't know how much we're appreciated, and I think you know even since then people have reached out to me. You know, even though you were a student, other people that were students were right by your shoulder saying how much they appreciate you. And so that, I think the camaraderie is there. And then Sam, will end with you. What was your takeaway?
3: Uh, I think it just reinforced that um, courage is stemmed from fear and vulnerability, and you can't have vulnerability without empathy. And that as long as you stay on track to always have empathy, um, and try to see where that other side is coming from, whether it's your customer or um, your friends and and having a team around you, whether you work alone. I never work alone because I have a team and it's called the Detail Mafia. Mm. And so to me, I never work alone. Mm. And that was something that really hit home to me is that I work mobile a lot, but... After this weekend, I was like, man, I don't work alone. I have the detail mafia. I have friends at the touch of my fingers. I have friends that I can FaceTime with. If I get into any issues, I never work alone because I have all my family.
1: Well, I'll tell you, as my trainer, my riding trainer for the horse, they always tell me, in, in, in your, your ride with your horse and your training with your horse always end on an upbeat, really good, Um, ending. And I think that ends it pretty well was with what Sam just said. So ladies, gents, thanks for coming in. And again, um, you know, I, I, this was something, a vision. We're definitely going to do more of it with our group. We're definitely going to do something. uh, We're going to, we're going to do something with the industry to bring the industry together. Um, You know, I think that it's not just about us. We really just, we're just a bunch of people with like minds and we've all been, we've all been vetted out to the same level. We've all come through here. But other than that, we, we do want to build the industry up, and we're ready to do that through this leadership challenge. And uh, we hope to change lives. We hope to change businesses. And uh, we just want to bring, build lifetime friendships up. So, um, hey, before, thanks, we, uh,
2: before we go real quick, I've got this really short, fun little video of Oscar going all over the rock the first time.
1: Okay, do it. <laughs> you got to show it. <laughs> pull down! Pull down! Pull
2: down! Pull down! Wait, wait! i gonna do. It was too quick. I gotta do that again.
1: Pull down! Pull down! Pull down! Pull down! Pull down! That's how but quick. Did it was. you die? That's. But here's also why instructors go over first. You know, and using a descender, he never, you know, a descender that he never used before, a brake a break uh, system that he never used. You know, thank God it was him or I that did it, and honestly, thank God it was him. <laughs> uh that did it but yeah it. uh we had a lot of laughs that will be a, a lifetime memory for all of us but well uh hey you guys all take care it's been a long it's probably the longest longest podcast we've done and i hope that we'll uh learn from it um and i want to thank each and every one of you for attending and uh for being a big part of my life and not not just the the training here but my life and uh i appreciate your friendship camaraderie and um Hey, if you guys got any questions, hey, we got a new website up too, by the way. Our new one just launched. Uh, yeah, today. success.com. Yeah, just launched today. So make sure to go over and uh, and let us know what you think of it. But other than that, hey, Oscar, thanks for all the hard work of coming in instructing. Sam, thanks for being an inspiration to all of us uh, students. You guys, thanks for coming in and making that such a fun, amazing weekend. We're going to have another one. Uh, real soon. We'll have two more. By, we'll we'll do a little uh, winter one. We might do some one-day clinics up here just for people that are local, uh, but we're going to do a lot more of this because we learned so much. So if you have any questions, uh, Rennie at Detailing Success and or Chris at Detailing Success, reach out to us. And with that, thanks all. Take care. Have a powerful rest of the week all, we'll talk to you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to the Renny Doyle podcast, brought to you by Detailing Success and PNS Double Black. Listen to new episodes weekly, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to share with your friends and colleagues.